What well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpit. A beautiful May morning, much more like it for this time of the year. And I thought while the weather was good, I would come up to the open air pulpit, enjoy some of the scenery, get some sun on my face. Again, a quick plug if you feel physically low, boost your vitamin C, vitamin D, exercise, get fresh air and watch uh, what you eat, because of course you are what you eat. We're now living in this new world, a world which none of us wanted to find ourselves living in. We always knew that this world would come, but how or what would usher in this new world, we didn't know until very recently. So we have to deal with uh, reality, because this is what it is now. I thought what I'd do is come up to the pulpit this morning and speak about heaven. A lot of bad news in the world today. Israel and the Palestinians are fighting once again. The worst uh, skirmish since 2014. Always bear a thought for Christian Jews living in Israel and Christian Arabs living in the Palestinian areas. I must confess to my shame that I don't pray enough for both groups. I do pray for Israel on a regular basis and for the peace of Jerusalem, which of course we are told to do. But uh, many of us, I am sad to say and ashamed to say, don't pray enough for our brothers and sisters in the Palestinian areas or Israel itself. And of course, we'll spend forever with our Jewish brothers and sisters, not unsaved people. Still problems in France. Talk of a coup d'etat, which I discussed last time, and that may still happen. But of course, Israel is our main focus uh, on this side of heaven of course because what happens in Israel will affect the entire world and of course God still loves the Jews has a great love for them but they are being punished at the moment and of course that punishment will only get worse as uh, God gets ready to send Jesus Christ back to the earth so I thought for this morning I will start in Isaiah chapter 64 when it comes to heaven, heaven is a wonderful subject. There have been many songs written about heaven, of course, as far as we are concerned, according to Romans 6 and Ephesians chapter 2. We've already been buried and baptized and resurrected with Christ. Our spirits are in heaven right now. John 5:24, Ephesians 2. But of course, our bodies are still down here on the earth. We are still exposed to the uh, elements of the world, to sin, to the fall of man, to uh, problems, trials and tribulations, which I'll discuss this morning. So we have to keep pushing on, we have to keep persevering on. If you think uh, your life is a difficult one, if you think times are bad, get yourself a copy of uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And uh, once you get your hands on such a book, it will blow you away what those Christians went through from the 2nd century right up until probably the 18th century uh, will bring tears to your eyes. I mean, those greats really went through it. Today, we start to gripe if the price of uh, milk goes up, the, uh, the price of bread goes up, or the price of petrol goes up. But uh, the reality is we've been spoilt for a very long time, and now times are going to get tough and rightly so <clears throat> but when it comes to christians bible believers we know where we are going physically when we die spiritually we are in heaven right now seated in the heavenly places our names are written in the lamb's book of life right now and uh, no other faith can boast 
uh, such a fact. They hope they are saved, but they don't know for sure. Let's begin, if we may, in Isaiah 64, like verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. You think back to the book of Job, some of the greats around that era had a love for the Lord, an appreciation of the Lord, would worship him in spirit and in truth. They're called saints in the book of Job. The word saint means holy, set apart for worship. So if you are a Christian, you are a saint. And of course, creation always, posts, always points back to a creator. Going back to the fact that nobody can get away uh, with sinning forever or not believing. For since the beginning of the world, creation of course, Hebrews 1 says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God. Mark chapter 1 mirrors Genesis 1, John 1. The Bible speaks about a creation and we need to keep preaching about a creator, a creation. We need to push back against evolution it has destroyed probably five or six seven or eight maybe nine or ten generations but since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear neither hath the eye seen what does the apostle paul say we walk by faith not by sight O god beside thee what he hath prepared for him that awaiteth for him in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself go to 1st Corinthians chapter 2 1st Corinthians chapter 2 so it starts in Isaiah 64 for what he has prepared for us we can't really comprehend it's like this whatever you think heaven is it's far greater and whatever you think hell is, it's far worse. And that's why I don't care particularly for painters who like to paint pictures of the potentate of potentates. Uh, the minute we start to think, what did Jesus look like? Uh, we're already bordering on the sin of idolatry, which I discussed last time, of course. On top of that statement I made last week when it comes to idolatry, it's not just... Uh, statues images rosary beads so on and so forth but patriots can also be guilty of idolatry in the uk there are royalists who like to gather outside uh, sandringham every christmas to get a glimpse of the royal family and they dress up in their union jacks and some of those people are eccentrics obviously and the media like to interview such people and there's maybe two or three elderly people whose homes are just adorned with flags, pictures, uh, brochures, coins. Uh, it's picturing idolatry, of course. It's bordering the sin of idolatry and uh, wedding stamps. And some of these elderly people are worshiping the royals. They don't even realize it. I was sent a video to watch week before last an American street preacher, I forget his name, an American street preacher and a film crew went to his house to interview him and his family he's got i think four or five daughters and there was a trump altar in his front room 
big picture of Trump on the wall, uh, the US flag, which is fine. That's not a sin, of, obviously, to have a, a flag flying, obviously not, but pictures of a mortal man uh, and other memorabilia all over the house, I thought. That's a sin of idolatry. So sometimes, yes, you can worship politicians and members of the royal family. And of course, if you don't believe in the Bible, if you are what we call the Alexandrian cult, and of course you worship the Greek text, you look up to people like uh, Westcott and Hort. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2, so Paul quotes Isaiah 64, and he says this, uh, 2.9, but as it is written, we just read it, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We love him because he first loved us, and once we get saved, Christ is building a mansion for us. He was a carpenter, of course, so he's building a property for us, an eternal abode. But as it is written, eye hath not seen, no physical eye could see what is awaiting us, nor ear heard. God doesn't tell us everything about heaven and hell. He gives us uh, snippets of both locations and both testaments. Neither have entered into the heart of man, even your heart can't truly comprehend it, grasp it, believe it. What do they say? Revelation isn't hard to uh, understand, it's hard to believe. Who wants to think about a literal antichrist arriving, a literal false prophet arriving, two witnesses arriving, 144,000 arriving, a third temple being built, and then three and a half years of hell. I mean, who wants to believe that? It's not difficult to understand it, but it's hard to believe it. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, saved and unsaved, the things, not just a thing, but things plural, which God hath prepared for them that love him. So you get saved, you believe on the Lord, you receive what he's done for you, you pass from death unto life, John 5, 24, your spirit gets regenerated Romans 6 says you've been buried baptized with Christ resurrected with him Ephesians chapter 2 your name goes into the Lamb's book of life never to be erased of course but as you start your walk with the Lord you can go this way or that way you can do this thing or that thing you have free will of course and I discussed that last week because it's possible to lose one's millennial inheritance but it's also possible to get it back if you are to confess what you have done wrong first John chapter 1 of course and also first john chapter 2 one more time but as it is written as it is written it is written i think paul uh, quotes the old testament some 80 times and i think the lord jesus quotes it around 70 times they put the word of god on a real pedestal it's at psalm 138 it says how he's put his word above all of his name i hath not seen nor ear heard Job's companions had some idea about the goodness of God, as would Job, but it was limited, of course, because, of course, they would walk by faith, as do we. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Go to 2 Corinthians. Maybe four or five years ago, I sat down to prepare to read and record 2 Corinthians. I've been putting it off for a long time. Uh, by the grace of God, I have recorded every book in the New Testament, and I thought one day, one day, I will get to 2 Corinthians. 
but not yet. Don't quite understand much about Second Corinthians. They say it's the book for the pastor to go to. It's the book about the missionary, the evangelist. It's the book about hard knocks. It's the book about what it's really like to uh, live for the Lord, the struggles and strains that Christians go through. We're all priests in the Lord. We're all called to witness for the Lord. We are the true witnesses of Jehovah, of course, but for those who live for the Lord, those who are in, who are in full-time ministry, those who pray and study and uh, teach and evangelize, Second Corinthians uh, tells you what sort of a life you can expect. Second Corinthians 1, look at verse uh, 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. What a statement. Maybe six or seven years ago, we were doing street work, passed out tracks to people, uh, as I do. And I was passing out tracks, and this particular morning, a lady took a tract, read it, turn around, walk back towards me, and she thanked me for the tract, and she said it gave us some hope, some comfort, and she told me that, uh, I think it was her son, from memory, uh, had been murdered some time ago. I didn't want to pry into what, uh, what had happened. I always like to allow people to speak and offer uh, what they want me to know. I don't pry into people's business. And I said to this lady, I'm very sorry to hear that. I mean, how can you comfort someone over the loss of their child? I mean, like a murder? And she said, yes, my son was murdered. And uh, it's been a horrible route uh, to recover from that. Of course, you don't ever recover, uh, but you learn to live with it. And I spoke to her, tried to comfort her, didn't want to ask any personal questions. And I was led to believe that the murderer had been caught, uh, was in prison. But of course, I won't bring him back her murdered son. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Mercy. We need mercy. Mercy to make it through each and every day. Mercy to uh, be cleansed of our sins. And the God of all comforts. To comfort those that are in difficult situations, struggling. And I spent maybe 15 or 20 minutes with this lady trying to comfort her. But I've learned over the years that most people that I meet on the streets don't really want people's sympathy per se. They want uh, your ear. Listen to them and listen. Don't judge them, just listen. And if they ask you for your opinion, offer it, of course. Who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Do you think about that woman who lost her son? And I couldn't really relate to her. I don't think many people could, but I said what I was able to say and did what I was able to do. And I think I prayed with her before she uh, disappeared. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So the, uh, the Lord allows us to go through really difficult times, going back to the generation that lived during Fox's Book of Martyrs. They weren't all killed, many would survive, and of course once they survive, some of that horrific, sadistic, satanic torture by the Church of Rome, they were able to go back into their communities and comfort. 
friends and family, people that had been able to, or people had gone through similar situations, and they were able to say, yes, I too know what it's like to have gone through what you went through. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, not the great tribulation, although many will go through that, of course, but daily tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which shine any trouble. That's why we suffer, basically. We suffer not necessarily to become holier or to produce more fruits, although that's part of it, of course, but we suffer uh, so we can relate to other people. Yesterday, I was going from A to B and I saw a chap walking down the streets. I say he was mid 30s, about six foot two, and he had thick sunglasses on. I didn't see him straight away. There was a lady ahead of me who was maybe a hundred yards ahead of me. And I saw her walk into the road. I thought, why is she walking to the road? And as she came back onto the pavement, I could see this guy walking towards her and then myself. He had a walking stick. And I felt really sad to see that. And I guess, and I might be wrong when I say this, but I thought that perhaps he hasn't been blind very long. And he's walking down the street with his uh, walking stick baseball cap, thick black glasses, sunglasses, like I say, and he's using his stick uh, to make sure the path ahead of him is uh, clear, and he walks straight into a bramble bush, and it, it uh, hit his uh, left shoulder, and I felt sorry to see that, and, he hit, and then he had this uh, bush, rose bush, uh, going to his face, I thought, what can you do, you know, what could you say to someone like that, if I was to say to him, uh, are you okay, friend? He might say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, just leave me alone. They don't want sympathy, these people. And I watched that man for less than a minute, and I thought, here am I, with my own problems, and yet I can see, I can speak, I can hear, I can walk, I can talk. I have nothing to complain about, really, and I felt a level of shame and sadness. But I watched that man walking down the street, not long blind, I am thinking, getting used to his blindness woke up one morning completely blind how do you handle that uh, I mean Fanny Crosby lost her eyesight when she was what six weeks old would bury her child uh, not long after it was born lived a very difficult life and yet she's gone down in history as one of the great songwriters blessed be God even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, if he wasn't a God of all comforts and all mercies, he'd be, he would be no use to us, would he? Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort, comfort them which are in any trouble. Maybe that blind chap was saved, possibly, I don't know. Uh, he passed by me, I have no braille tracks, maybe I should order some. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So I thought to myself this, it would be really uh, wonderful if that guy got saved. I went to a blind school and spoke to blind people, young people, middle-aged people, elderly people who have been disadvantaged and said to some of those people who may perhaps be feeling sorry for themselves, although not, not uh, always the case. I've learned over the years that most people who feel sorry for themselves are the healthy ones, not the sick ones. But it would be good, wouldn't it, if someone like him would go into an area or a hospital or a place for the blind, whatever they call those uh, places, and say, well, I believe in Christ. 
he saved my soul and I know what it's like for you people to be blind let's uh, get together and sing amazing grace he could do that of course he's experiencing something which I am not I'm experiencing something which perhaps you're not and you are experiencing something which perhaps I'm not so we can all help each other support each other and I'll tell you something as these days continue to uh, tick down we need to uh, be closer together than we've ever been before I go to uh, 2 Corinthians 4 uh, 2 Corinthians 4 nobody wants to suffer of course and uh, like that old expression uh, everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die and yet uh, heaven is the theme of the book as is hell of course uh, 2 Corinthians 4 17 for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen going back to Isaiah 64 1 Corinthians 2 but at the things which are not seen like his invisible attributes for the things which are seen like this beautiful backdrop are temporal they're temporary of course but the things which are not seen are eternal so he's saying verse 18 while we look not at the things which are seen but the things which are not seen for things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal that's the focus and people will fight and devour each other to uh, enjoy the life down here going back to last week's message on strife gossiping backbiting uh, being nasty uh, spiteful these are sins that Christians can commit and that goes back to a potential loss of one's millennial inheritance 17 again for our light affliction light which is but for a moment what lasts forever worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weights of glory I know a couple who have a daughter their only daughter and she was raised a Christian met a Jewish man an Orthodox Jew had two children with him would convert to Judaism and her parents nice couple said to me that they haven't seen their daughter in many many years the husband has turned the parents against their daughter his wife against her parents and he said to his wife that her parents are unclean because they're not Jewish and that wasn't bad enough their children uh, which have been uh, raised Jewish have not been allowed to see their Christian parents or Christian grandparents that's a kick in the teeth father and mother raise their daughter Christian environment do what they can for their daughter daughter grows up meets a Jewish man mistake number one unsaved marries him mistake number two he radicalizes her mistake number three they have children children are cut off from their grandparents mistake number four and the pain the grief uh, the scarring you can't say much you can't really console such people you may be a grandparent yourself you may not but if you are a grandparent and you see your grandchildren how can you relate to such a couple but if you are a grandparent or grandparents who haven't seen your grandchild or grandchildren of course you can relate to this 
nice couple, decent couple. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight, an eternal, an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, yet yeah, that's difficult because we are visual people. It doesn't say we walk by uh, sight, it says we walk by faith, not by sight. And many times we do walk by sight, not by faith. We get into all sorts of problems. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I remember speaking to a couple of uh, Muslims that I know in my town, a couple of leaders from the mosque, their mosque, I forget what or where it's located, it doesn't really matter anyway. And he was one of the mullahs, imams, at the mosque. And uh, I built up a rapport with this chap. Nice guy, uh, very friendly. An asset, I suppose, to his community. Of course, you start to question their theology. They get very defensive. And you start to uh, critique their prophet, quote-unquote. They get very irate. But if you keep it general and above board, uh, it's okay. Things aren't too rocky and bumpy but one day he came up to me and he said to me uh, do you have any books about heaven i want to know what heaven is like i want to know what you people think heaven is like <coughs> like being a christian i thought good question and there was one book i remember hearing about years ago about heaven i never read it but i heard about it and i said to him if i can find it i'll buy it for you well, i couldn't find it and uh, we gave him a chick tract <laughs> of all tracts and I said to him, read it, uh, it's not quite what you were looking for, but it gives you more of a flavour as to where we are coming from as Bible believers. And he took the uh, tract, and I saw him a few weeks later and didn't even comment on it. But heaven is a subject which we're not told much about really. I mean, hell, it's a horrible place, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But heaven, third heaven, is far north. If I was to die right now, I go straight to be with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord. My spirit has been regenerated 19 years ago, is in heaven right now with Christ. My body is obviously here on the ground at the open air pulpit this morning. My uh, soul, at a future date, will be rejoined to my body and spirit, body, soul and spirit. But of course, my soul lives on forever. My body will deteriorate. And of course, my spirit is also my personality. So when I got saved, yes, my soul was saved. My body didn't change. Uh, my tastes perhaps did, but I'm still the same height. I'm still uh, the same person that I was uh, 19 years ago. My weight may go uh, up and down, I suppose. Uh, but my spirit is the most important part of my regenerate nature. For a light affliction, suffering, struggling, problems, so on and so forth, which is but for a moment, Paul would suffer poor health most of his life. Uh, all of the apostles were martyred, of course, as were most of the second century church leaders. So we say for a moment, of course, a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. So time, as far as God is concerned, means nothing. But for those of us living in time, it's rough. I mean, that couple i just spoke about haven't seen their two grandchildren for all of their lives i think their kids the kids must be probably nine or ten now or thereabouts so for nine or ten years this couple haven't seen their grandchildren their daughter won't even speak to them 
unclean. That woman who lost her son, who was murdered, will never see him again. I don't suppose uh, he was saved. I'm not even sure that she was saved. But she stopped to talk, and I was able to give her some uh, comfort, as it were. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know, Christians living in Israel, Christians living in the Palestinian areas, they've suffered terribly for decades. And yet those of us in the West don't think about such people like we should do. One of my uh, decisions today is to pray more for such people. But if I was to say to those people, just hang in there, uh, your affliction is light, it's only for a moment, they might say to me, what do you know about it, James? Born in a rich, wealthy country, good parents, went to a good school, have had a good life. You don't know what it's like to live in a third world country, living in the Palestinian areas, the territories, you've got uh, Mohammedans all over us, a police state, you can't live or breathe, you can't street preach, you can't do this or that, or a Christian living in Israel, can't street preach is limited what he or she can do there's still a lot of uh, stigma being a christian in israel and it's true i can't relate to those people but i certainly try and do so while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen that's difficult like i say what do atheists say there's no evidence for god they say uh, show me god and i will believe of course god did come to the earth two thousand years ago they put him on a cross and they've been crucifying him indirectly for 2,000 years. There's no need for God. They don't want God. And yet these same cri uh, critics and hypocrites, when they get sick and they die, what do they want? A Christian burial. A Christian funeral. They can't help themselves. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Look at 5.1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, our body falling apart, we have a building of God, New Jerusalem, and house not made with hands, is supernatural, eternal in the heavens. It's hard to get people not to focus on the here and the now, I know that, I spent many a year counselling people, many people, over the last 19 years, online, on the street, up close and personal, on the phone, what have you, here and there, and you hope, you wonder sometimes if you made any difference, if you're able to comfort anyone. I know Patrick's spoken to many people over the years from all walks of life, prostitutes, drug addicts, uh, who knows what else. And sometimes people tell you things which uh, you can't uh, relay or uh, relate to, but you can't relay, you can't share some of the things that people have told you because of course it's too personal, it's private, so we don't want to breach. Uh, people's uh, confidentiality but people do suffer you think about people who have abortions and your woman years ago she had two abortions and she said to me uh, the scars are always there and I thought one abortion must be pretty bad but to have two abortions and I said to her you know that one day you'll be with your children she got saved of course and uh, she was very emotional to hear that but it's true you see it's like this God has to balance heaven and hell now, as of right now, as I look, on, look, uh, look all around me, look on the news or read the papers or just listen to what's going on, observe society, it appears that most of the, uh, most of the world are going to go to hell forever, obviously. The road to hell is wide. 
and the gate to heaven is narrow. We know that, Matthew 7, uh, verse 13 and 14. So to balance heaven and hell, this is what God's going to do, I think. I'm not the first to say this, but I'm going to repeat it now on camera this morning. To stop the devil getting all of the victory, to stop Satan uh, from filling hell, because that's his job to steal and destroy. He's a murderer from the beginning. What God has done is allow, through his permissive will, children to die in infancy, prematurely, through abortion, miscarriages, and all those children have died since the creation of time. Untold numbers. I mean, in this country, we've had six and a half million children murdered since uh, 1969, and it's I think double that or triple that in America, and who knows what it is in other countries around the world. So, all those children who have died prematurely have been murdered, aborted, or just general miscarriages. Uh, all those children go straight to heaven because, of course, sin hasn't yet pre uh, hasn't yet been put to their account. They're still born in a state of sin obviously uh, I'll discuss that in a few minutes but because sin hasn't been put to their accounts because there's no knowledge of sin that's found in uh, Romans 4 and Romans 5 they are innocent in the eyes of the Lord Christ's blood is put to their account going back to their parents conceiving their children in sin so to balance the books if you will heaven will be packed with aborted children, kids that died in infancy, so on and so forth. Hell will be packed uh, when it comes to adults who have died defying Christ. For we know, the certainty is incredible. We know we pass from death unto life. We know we have eternal life. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. <coughs> Again, John 14, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, so on and so forth. For in this we groan, verse 2, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall be found naked. We groan, we suffer, we struggle. And this is referred to as the fallen state. Adam's sin, original sin, one of the reasons why I'm very picky who I work with and have been over the years uh, when it comes to street preachers is because many street preachers don't believe in original sin. Now the term original sin was coined in the 4th century, the Trinity was coined in the 2nd century, but the doctrine of original sin and the doctrine of the Trinity are both biblical obviously. And because some of our street preaching friends don't believe in original sin, we can't work with such people. They believe that we are born good, basically, which is what Islam teaches, and we choose to do evil, which is what Islam teaches. We are born bad, and once we are born, we have the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong. Yes, we can choose to go this way or that way, do this or do that. That is so. But we are born bad, and our blood is no good, going back what I said last week for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven if so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened not for that we'd be unclothed but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life so that's a struggle 
that goes back to Romans 7 again what I want to do I don't do and what I don't want to do I do it's a paradox only Christians understand this only Christians experience this and that's why it's always important uh, not to be too hard on Christians to always explain standing and state state and standing because whoever you are whoever you are your struggle may not be mine my struggle may not be yours uh, your weakness may not be mine my weakness may not be yours for we know that if our earthly house this tabernacle be dissolved we burn up we burn out we die we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens so the top five deaths in the UK if you care to know are heart disease cancer stroke lung disease liver disease and of course heart disease goes back to what you eat going back to what i said at the beginning of this message we are what we eat cancer not always but many times is connected with smoking lung disease is certainly connected with uh, with smoking liver disease uh, is connected with drinking so four out of the five just listed are sin related not always but many times stroke where you can't speak and your body starts to shut down you're paralyzed part of your body referred to as the palsy in the gospels for in this we groan earnestly designed to be clothed upon with the with our house excuse me, with, with our house which is from heaven we don't live like this the animals don't want to live in a fallen world animals eating one another women having uh, period pain every month that goes back to the fall of adam and eve so original sin is a biblical doctrine if you deny original sin you are you are denying reality if so be that being clothed we should not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle do groan that's found also in uh, romans chapter 8 being burdened not that we would be unclothed like going back to where we once were going back to our filthy righteousness wearing our own garments god forbid but clothed upon imputation that mortality might be swallowed up of life i go to revelation chapter 21 revelation 21 and look at verse 1 and i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea that knocks out the gap theory incidentally and i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down from god out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband so god's gift to the church is new jerusalem we don't enter that as i understand it until uh after the rapture possibly during the uh tribulation when the church is in heaven of course and the world is imploding and of course the marriage supper of the lamb is taking place in heaven not on the earth and uh, during the seven year tribulation period we are in new jerusalem but as of right now like i just said a few minutes ago for those of us who who would die or or or, or who have died or who are going to die uh, they go straight to heaven i can think of maybe two or three people in heaven right now that i know or knew personally sadly to say i don't know many people that have gone before me that are in heaven uh, when I first got saved I didn't know anybody who was saved apart apart from Patrick of course and over the years we met many people most of which are still alive uh, thankfully but a few have died and gone home to be with the Lord and as time goes by of course you meet more people who are Christian they die 
and you go to heaven and of course they wait for you And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That goes back to John 1.14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. John 1.14, like I just said. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. He shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Look at verse 4. This is a precious verse. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Going back to that lady who lost her son, and God willing she's saved, that couple who have never seen their grandchildren. And maybe one day they will be saved and be able to meet their grandparents uh, off their own backs, not uh, be under their parents' uh, uh, authority anymore, make their own minds up. And there shall be no more death, uh, going back to physical death, obviously, or a slow death. People get uh, pancreatic issues or uh, liver cancer or lung cancer. They have slow deaths. Uh, they start to waste away. It's terrible to see. Most people don't just die straight away. It's a long, agonizing death. Neither sorrow. You start to sorrow over the slow death of a loved one or somebody who has died nor crying it's natural to cry uh, you should mourn the death of a loved one but you shouldn't grieve not that they were saved of course neither should there be any more pain heart pain going back to heart disease a lot of people die of a broken heart but of course many times the heart disease or the heart attacks that people experience due to heart disease it goes back to a bad life bad living you think to think back to someone like uh, barry smith the uh, New Zealand preacher, he died in 2003, I've been saved a year and uh, I was due to see him speak at a church in London and I went up there with Patrick to see him, looking forward to see Barry, I'd seen him the year before and he was all over the place the year before, he'd lost, uh, I won't say he lost his mind but he was struggling with the death of his daughter, his daughter committed suicide and he was, he was a broken man basically and he was uh, just gibbering and uh, uh, on a rant just ranting about this and that and I thought based on the videos I've watched of Barry over the years I thought this isn't the Barry that I had come to know and he was stumbling uh, over his uh, notes and his words and I thought this is terrible to see and of course his daughter died I think a year or two beforehand well 2003 it was summertime from memory spring summertime went up to see him and there was a lot of people talking you know in circles and I thought what's going on here why isn't he on the stage or on the uh, altar preaching to the people and somebody came over to us and said have you heard about Barry and we said no and they said uh, he died he died this morning in uh, Watford Hospital I think it was alone on a corridor alone in a corridor on a on a uh, uh, on a table in a corridor I thought how, how sad what a terrible way to die and of course he died basically through bad living heart attack he had a couple of triple bypasses he was overweight junk food didn't look after himself like Jacob Prash heavily overweight didn't look after himself didn't look after his body which is the temple of the Holy Ghost 
and of course it killed Barry and he went home prematurely. For the former things are passed away. That also goes back to 2 Corinthians 5, which we won't discuss this morning. That builds on the uh, two natures of the believer. One more time, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall, be the, uh, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. It's my belief that when we arrive at the judgment seat, uh, a lot of us will have tears, tears of remorse, tears of shame, going back to having to give an account of ourselves to the Lord, what we, uh, what we did after we were saved. And I think for many, many of us, it'll be the sins of omission, not the sins of commission. And you'll see people at the judgment seat of Christ who lived a great life for the Lord, victorious life, didn't compromise, didn't uh, fall into the sins of gossip, uh, backbiting, strife, uh, critical spirits, uh, spiteful, uh, gossiping, backbiting, all that stuff, which is all sins of the flesh, busybodies. What does Peter say? Don't be a busybody. And he compares busybody to being a murderer. Never mind the big sins, which I discussed last week. How about the smaller sins? No more tears, positive. No more death, positive. Neither sorrow, positive, nor crying, positive. Crying over a broken heart, crying over your lost family. Barry was saved. And I believe his uh, daughter who killed herself was probably saved as well. But of course, once news broke that their daughter had killed herself, I think Barry was in the UK with his wife. They jumped on a plane and flew 24 hours back to New Zealand, crying all the way. Neither should there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Look at verse 6. And he said unto me, it is done. It is finished. Going back to our salvation. You can't save yourself again and again and again. You can't improve your justification. Yes, you can be holier, more consecrated. Well, of course, a better soul winner, a better prayer warrior. Absolutely. But you can't be saved again and again and again. I'm Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the last part of the Greek alphabets, A and O. The beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. It is. It is the gift of God, not a works. Lest any man should boast. It's a free gift. You shouldn't doubt your salvation. That's one thing you should never doubt. If you believed, if you trusted, you are saved. You may be living a carnal life. You may be backslidden. You may be out to the will of the Lord. You may feel convicted and uh, crushed, and that's good. Uh, God will use that to bring you back to him. Uh, but never doubt your salvation, because that's been atoned for. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life. Really, I will do it, not the devil. I would do it, not the church. I would do it, not the Pope. I would do it, not Muhammad. I would do it, not Allah. I would do it, not uh, Joseph Smith. I would do it, not Charles Taze Russell. I would do it, not uh, Albert Pike. I would do it, not the royal family or past and present uh, leaders in Britain, America, and Israel. I would give unto him that is a thirst. Are you thirsty? Do you want some water? Of the fountain of the water of life freely. It's a free gift.
He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Inherit. Going back to one's inheritance, you can lose it. You can get it back. And probably lose it again. That is possible, but not your salvation. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. In fact, keep your hand there and go back to 1 Corinthians. We looked at this briefly last week. Uh, 1 Corinthians is a very tricky place to go to when it comes to uh, standing in states. And uh, to spend two or three minutes just showing you a couple of things to show you how this is what we call a double application passage. Uh, many times when the writers of the Bible speak about a subject, uh, they speak about two groups of people <coughs> at the same time. 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse, I think it's verse 1 actually, it's getting windy now. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust, and not before the saints, unjust, like an unsaved person, contrast that to a saint, a saved person, look at verse 6. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers, a lost person. And therefore, going back to uh, 9, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian, go back to uh, Revelation 21, you're not unrighteous, you're not an unbeliever, and you're not unjust, you're righteous. You have been declared righteous, regenerated, a saint. Be careful not to read passages which aren't aimed at you. 21.8 But the fearful, too scared to confess Christ, too scared about what people think about Christ, too scared to bend the knee to Christ, too scared to believe on him, because you might lose out here or there. You're fearful never saved to begin with, an unbelieving, won't believe, won't bend the knee, you're a righteous person, or so you think, of course your righteousness stinks, your righteousness is as filthy rags. And the abominable, abomination, the abomination of desolation, are murderers, not just physical murdering, like serial killers, or child killers, but hatred, variance, strife, which we did last week from uh, uh, Galatians 5 and Ephesians 5. You hate someone like Cain hated his brother. And before he uh, killed his brother, he had hatred in his heart for his brother. And whoremongers, going back to lasciviousness. And sorcerers, sorcery, uh, not just uh, the black arts, black magic, but also addiction to prescription medication uh, the word sorcery in Greek is pharmaceutical interesting and idolaters which I've just discussed and all liars not just the so-called white lies but all liars all lies shall have the parts in the lake which burn with fire and brimstone which is the second and of course final death I jump down to verse uh, 21 the wind is picking up now so i hope you can hear me and if you can't i apologize in advance uh, verse 
what I say, 22. Some years ago I went to Romania, and I've discussed this many times over the years, I know. Met young people, middle-aged people, elderly people, some were blind, some were deaf. Single mothers, young mothers, uh, many orphans, some with emotional problems. And I thought, how in the world can I relate to these people? How can 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3, 4 and 5 allow me to connect with these people? Well, by the grace of God, I was able to, to uh, connect with those people. And that was the first place I ever preached at, to people in another country with another tongue. <laughs> Incredible. Of course, I had a translator to help me understand. A 22, and I saw no temple therein. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Be careful what you put into your body. During the tribulation and millennial reign, a third temple will be open for business, obviously, but now we are way beyond time. We're going into eternity now. And I saw no temple therein. So be careful what you eat. Barry Smith uh, destroyed his body, basically. To see him rambling at that church event a year before he died, I thought, uh, this is bad news. And of course, within a year, he was dead and buried. Yes, he's in heaven, of course, he's in heaven. But he never got over the death of his daughter. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. There's a combination taking place within the Trinity. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Talk about self-sufficient. The sun disappears, the moon disappears, goes down, never comes up again. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honour into it. Those that get saved uh, during the tribulation and are, not, and are not killed, meet the king before the millennial reign is initiated. Matthew 25, they go into the millennial reign. They procreate. And of course they have children who have children who have children. They become nations, like 12 nations. That's why they are saved, they walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth, to throw back to the Old Testament, do bring their glory and honour into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. So night has now disappeared. And they shall bring the glory and honour of the nations into it, and there shall be, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's a throwback to those who died without Christ. They can't go into heaven because, of course, they're lost. They go into hell. And they are forever cut off from the Lord. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither worketh, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So there's two routes, two permanent destinations. Heaven, like I say, for the redeemed. Hell, for the damned. God will balance the book somehow. So heaven will be fuller than hell. 
And of course, he's taken God's, uh, he's taken man's wickedness and turned it into something good. What would it say in Genesis? Uh, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. 22.1, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now, you've got a river coming out from the Father and the Son. Again, this is difficult to not only believe, but also to understand. I will grant you that. In the midst of the streets of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, going back to Garden of Eden, of course, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. It goes back to Christ, dies a cursed death on a tree, Adam and Eve die by taking the fruit from the tree, but we are saved by believing in the one who hung on the tree. This book is a circle. And there shall be no more curse, going back to the fall of man, the fallen state, the groaning, the world in turmoil. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, it says in Matthew Five, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And Acts 15 8 speaks about the new birth giving you a pure heart. See his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Think of the mark of the beast, right hand, forehead, evil, of course, but this is good. There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, nor the lights of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. The eternity of all eternities. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, not spiritual and figurative. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. It feels like it's getting nearer, doesn't it? Each and every day. Behold, I come quickly. Like when I do come, it happens very quickly. Blessed is he, happy is he, that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You get a blessing, incidentally, when you start to read Revelation. And it's great to read Revelation. It's probably the first book that really opened my mind and really transformed my life once christ uh, returned to the rapture we go to be with him obviously we have the marriage supper of the lamb in heaven which is difficult to really understand let alone explain uh, during the millennial reign the world starts to repopulate a new world has been initiated basically a thousand years doesn't seem like a long time and yet it's long enough to allow many many people to repopulate the earth after several billion being wiped out during the tribulation the nations need to be uh, allowed to uh, live and breathe obviously but on top of that they need to heal there's still a sense of not all is uh, completely uh, back to normal it speaks about the healing of the nation so you got uh, middle of the tree or in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river there was, there, excuse me, uh, was there the tree of life, a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded a fruit 
every month. So 12 months, 12 nations, uh, 12 groups of people, and for the healing of the nations to continue to live, to uh, continue to exist, the fruit is provided. It's still grace, however you want to, uh, however you want to uh, approach this. God gives you the tree, he gives you the fruit. He says, take the fruits off the tree, eat it. Uh, look what my son did for you on the tree. Just look at him on the tree. That's John 3. That's a serpent was lifted up. Even so much the son of man be lifted up. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So you see Christ on the tree. Seeing is believing. We walk by faith, not by sight. So you see Christ, you believe, right? They saw the serpents, Old Testament, hung up. They saw the serpent and they were healed from their sin, as it were. So you see a tree with fruits take the fruit from the tree and once you do that you are healed but that's for the nations of course not the people but we are way into eternity and there shall be no more curse so it's still in place as of right now original sin but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants uh, teraphim seraphim cherubim it speaks about uh, one group of uh, angel having six wings two to cover their face their eyes because they are in the presence of holiness to cover their feet because they're on holy ground and the other two wings to fly of course you got angels referred to as servants messengers but more specifically redeemed the redeemed and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads like he owns us and there shall be no uh, no night there and they need no candle neither lights of the sun contrast that to hellfire pitch black weeping and wailing the second death for the lord god giveth them light physical light but for now we refer to this as spiritual light light to get saved light to grow when we read the word of god and they shall reign forever and ever never ends of course going back to uh, isaiah 9 and he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. One day, behold, I come quickly, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You want to get a blessing? Read Revelation in, in, uh, in one sitting. And go back and read Daniel and go back to Revelation, and if you get Daniel and, and uh, Revelation down, you'll be very blessed, and uh, very much at peace with yourself. So this will be on the subject of heaven, from this morning's pulpit. It's uh, breezy than I would have liked it to have been, had I known it would be this breezy, I wouldn't have come up to the pulpit, but you know me, once I arrive at the pulpit, it's business as usual. Pray for Israel, pray for Jerusalem, pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel proper and the Palestinian territories let's stay together if we can let's comfort one another let's encourage one another if you are suffering God will use that to benefit other people share your faith with those who are not saved and if you are saved and you know people who are suffering come alongside them put your arm around them uh, dark days are coming and like I said a while ago we didn't want to find ourselves in this new world but we are where we are and we have to buckle down and bunker down and uh, all hold together pray for one another intercede for one another 
Uh, but hopefully you got a blessing this morning from a wonderful subject which is not really preached about much, I know. Uh, and yet it should be because we are all in heaven right now if we are saved. And we will all be together forever in heaven if we are all saved. Sometimes it's difficult to get Christians to pull away from unsaved friends and family, but you've got to do that. You're told to do that in uh, Revelation 18.4 and 2 Corinthians 6 verses 14 to 18. If you don't pull away from unsaved people, they will pull you away from the Lord and they will stop you from reaching your full potential. And even if you do know uh, saved people, many times they're not worth much, are they? They're carnal, they're worldly, but i tell you what, this year has changed everything for all of us. The last 12 months has changed everything for all of us. That world is now dead and buried, and that's fair enough, you know, it was a cursed world anyway. But now we're living in this new world, and the calm is still around for the foreseeable future. The calm before the storm, as it was known during uh, World War II, the calm before the storm. But of course, eventually the calm evaporated and the storm arrived and uh, Britain was never the same again and I think it'll be the same for the body of Christ so I'm going to sign out now wish you peace and blessing I hope you got something out of the uh, video this morning I felt uh, inspired to come up to the pulpit this morning and preach on this particular subject uh, sometimes I feel really led to speak about certain things uh, but I felt about a week or so ago that I should come up to the pulpit this morning and speak about heaven to give us all a lift some encouragement and uh, bless us all and uh, sustain us all <laughs> until the next video get my words out in a minute and I will leave it there and sign out now and uh, bless your name of the Lord Jesus Christ amen and amen just a quick PS before I sign out go to John chapter 16 uh, expect more persecution to come if you're suffering with temptation uh, to sin or temptation to uh, take the easy way out or you're feeling uh, beyond hope hanging there John 16 is a good place to uh, go to if you want comforts expect more persecution in the coming weeks and months that video which went viral of a Canadian pastor being arrested on the streets of Calgary was it uh, was shocking to see I think we're going to expect a lot more of that and we should expect a lot more of that but on a positive note just to reinforce what I've said this morning John 16 33 these things I've spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world he overcomes the world for us that's what we call substitutionary atonement and we overcome when we believe on him when we receive him so if you find yourself in despair not sure if you're coming or going getting overly depressed with what you're seeing online reading on the uh, reading the papers or hearing on the radio or where you get your information from yes it's bad it's very bad and I won't play it down but it's not as bad as it could be and expect more Christians to be pushed to the brink push to the limit but uh, you also told in 1st Corinthians 10 that no temptation meaning a test or trial has overtaken you but that which is uh, common to men 
and God will find a way uh, to allow you to get through it and to bear it so he won't break you he won't allow you to take your own life if it gets that bad and if it does get that bad stop what you're doing start praying speak to people that you know and if you say I don't know anybody who's saved speak to people next door people that are physically near you and even lost people can be used by the Lord to comfort saved people these things I've spoken unto you that in me in a person not a place in Christ not church ye might have peace the perfect peace which passeth all understanding in the world like here and now ye shall have tribulation not the great tribulation but daily tribulation but be of good cheer be of good comfort be happy be joyful I have past tense overcome the world he's tasted death for every man so one last time whatever you are going through don't allow these situations to cripple you to collapse your faith you're already saved whether you feel it or not whether you are victorious or not you are saved but again the judgment of Christ will deal with your choices your decisions after you are saved so it all goes back to Christ this book is a circle it starts with Adam and Eve falling by taking the fruit off the tree but it ends with the nations taking the fruit from the tree to get substance uh, and uh, healing because there's still a sense of Adam's sin even in eternity for the nations hard to understand I know but at least we are saved and we are kept saved by the blood of Christ and that is really wonderful news isn't it and on that statement I will sign out once and for all now from a windy grey blustery pulpit and I'll speak to you all soon in Jesus name amen and amen